0: five
1: top Hollywood movie stars use... Moment Moment,
2: of Clarity. Uh, And it's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Right here on Moment of Clarity. You are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. My name is Stefan G. And... We're going to have a great show today, okay? We're go- I'm just going to go ahead and-, and lay it out there. We're going to have a great show. Positive thoughts, right, Mike? Positive thoughts. Put it out into the universe.
0: I like it. Right? I like it. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds very zen.
2: Yeah, uh, we're going to okay. put it out into the universe. Going to have a great show today. Um, great show. I came in the studio. I didn't know what I was going to talk about, and Mike messed it up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Because he played this video for me that got me back on my... My my topic, this is my topic. I guess this is the topic of Moment of Clarity. Moment. If If I can say anything, I am supposing today, and shoot me in the face for even thinking to utter this out of my mouth, but I am supposing today that the purpose of Moment of Clarity is to bring clarity to the church and to help people who listen to this particular radio show, this particular podcast, to decipher through the noise of Christianity that's being brought about through the church. And that's such a weird and horrible thing to say because the church is the place that's supposed to bring the clarity and the purity into the people. But it's just not working that way, is it, Mike?
0: Nope. Not not most of the time.
2: It's just not working that way. And I have no, well, I have a couple of ideas why, but we won't get into those quite yet. A couple? Yeah, just just one or two. You've given some of those ideas before.
0: (laughs) I remember remember a little more than a couple.
2: (laughs) But Mike played this video for me, and it was a video by Rick Warren. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I got into probably the first four seconds before I forced him to hit pause on the video. I
0: know. I laughed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I just knew this is going to this he, is how you're going to react. He
2: was setting me up. He really was. From the get-go, he was setting me up. I got four seconds into the video, and, and I was instantly like, wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> flag on the play. What the heck are we talking about? So we got past those four seconds. We got about another eight seconds into the video. We had to stop it again. <laughs> and all in all, we probably stopped this video six times. It's a minute and 26-second video, something like that. We probably stopped it six to eight times as it was going through whatever it was going through. So- I'm going to have Mike play this video and I'm going to have him stop it in the same places that we stopped it before. So when I say stop, hit stop, okay? Okay. And I want to, I. I we have to listen, ladies and gentlemen. We have to be so, so particularly careful who and what we're listening to as it pertains to the gospel of Christ. Because not only are there people out there trying to deliberately twist the gospel of Christ, not only are there people out there trying to manipulate the gospel of Christ for their personal gain. So those are two separate segments. Those are two different categories. You've got people who are trying to twist the gospel of Christ just because they hate Christ, right? Then you've got people who are trying to manipulate the gospel of Christ for their own financial gain or their own personal gain. Then you have people that are Expounding the gospel of Christ, just they're just wrong. You know what I mean? There's the twisters, there's the manipulators, and then there's just the people that are just wrong. The people that have been twisted and manipulated. So now their concept of what the gospel really is is just so backwards. And the reason. I continually talk about these things on the show. And the reason I keep pointing these things out is because I think it's so important for us to be so careful about who we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're paying attention to, especially when it comes to the church and the pastors and the ministers and the elders and all of these people who are writing books and, and doing videos and they've got CDs and you know, they're trying to sell this and they're trying to sell that. And they're all over the internet. There's all these people all over the internet that are claiming Jesus but what they're really doing is trying to sell a dream. It's the same thing that I'm, I'm talking to one. I, we, I've got a business partner because I run a couple of businesses. And I'm talking to my business partner. And we're always talking about how we're trying to veer away from selling the dream. Right. Because you've got if you look on the Internet, it won't take you eight seconds to find somebody who's trying to sell you a way to get rich by doing something on the Internet. Right. You can either go multi-level marketing, you can go podcast, you can go online entrepreneur, you can go passive income, you can, there's so many different ways on the internet that people are going to tell you that you can make $5,000 in a month or you can make $10,000 in six months or whatever, right? And these aren't just scam artists. These are people that have actually done this and now are selling you their dream. They're selling you what they did and all they're trying to get you to do is believe in them that you can do the same thing. And why I said that to say is that we have the same thing in Christianity. We have these people who have done certain things that are now trying to get you to believe in them that you can do what they did, as opposed to trying to get you to believe in Christ that you can do what he did, because that's where we're supposed to go. We're supposed to go from, you know, horrible, terrible, no good, very bad sinner to, hey, what's this Jesus guy to, oh, okay, yeah, I think this might be the route I want to go get saved and now we're trying to be like him instead of trying to be like all these pastors instead of trying to be like all of these self-help artists and all of these inspirational speakers we need to try to be like Christ and so the reason I hammer this object home week after week month after month year after year and I'm really kind of starting to believe that it is the entire purpose of this podcast And maybe God will shift the purpose in six months. Who knows? But right now, the purpose of this podcast is to identify this madness that's going on so that you guys won't get hooked into it. Because once you get hooked in, trust me when I tell you it is so hard to pull yourself out. I have been hooked in before. I've been hooked into the whole apostolic prophetic movement that tells you that your blessing is right around the corner. And I'm not saying that I don't believe that there are prophets in the earth I don't believe that there are 80,000 of them like they claim to be here in America, because I'm sure there's at least at least 14,000 people in America claim to be a prophet. I don't believe there are 14,000 prophets in America. I do believe there are prophets in the earth, though. And so and I believe that number is relatively small. And not, not to say that I don't necessarily believe in the apostolic movement, because I do believe that God has placed people as apostolic leaders in the earth. Doesn't mean that everybody who has put the title apostle before their name is one of them. But I do believe that he has placed apostolic leaders in the church. So I say all that to say I've been in that hook, line and sinker mode where I believed every word that somebody claimed they were prophesying to me. And I believed everything that somebody twisted the Bible to make me believe that my blessing was on its way. And I believed every time that somebody took 18 different sections from the Bible and put it together in a sermon to make me feel like my life was going to be all right. I believed all that. And it's not true, guys. It's not true. The truth is, yes, your life is going to be okay in the end. But it's going to be okay in the end because you're saved. And when you die, you're going to go to heaven and everything's going to be great. That's why it's going to be okay in the end. But the truth of the matter is we have no clue, concept, or idea what our lives are actually going to turn out to be like here on earth. That's why God gave us Jesus. Because he knew life can suck. And we were going to need someone to help us along that journey. we were gonna need someone to help us understand him and show us the attributes of him. And so I get sick of seeing all these people that are promoting something other than Christ. So Mike's gonna play this video and we are going to kinda just walk through it, okay? So let's go ahead and see if we can get through these first four seconds, Mike.
1: The first purpose of my life is to be loved by God. Stop. Stop right there.
2: Stop right. That's as far as we got. When he first played the video, that's as far as he got. Will you please replay that part? Just in case people weren't listening.
1: The first purpose of my life is to be loved by God. Stop.
2: Stop right there. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. If he said something Like if he said anything that even close to what the Bible says, that is that it is impossible for me not to be loved by God or that God's love for me is eternal or or anything like that. I could have went along with it. But the first purpose in my life purpose, that's a very specific word. That's a very key word to use in that sentence to say that the very first purpose in my life, that means reason for me to exist is to be loved by God. It's just ridiculous. Now, as I told Mike as we finished this video, I think I know where I hope he was trying to go. But we'll talk about that later. So the first purpose in our lives is to be loved by God. Go ahead, Mike.
1: The Bible tells us that God is love. That God doesn't have love. God doesn't just show love. God is love. The Bible says that everything in the universe was created So God could love it. Stop. Stop right there. Where?
2: Where does the Bible say that everything in the universe was created so God could love it? That is such. That is. I'm sorry. That that is beyond false teaching. Everything was created so God could love it. No. No. The Bible states that everything that was created on the earth was created for his pleasure. That's what the Bible states. The Bible states that all things were created by him and for him in Colossians. But it's not saying so that he could love it. Because the Bible also states that his love for us is unbreakable. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. So the love aspect is already it's already set in stone. It's already in the rule book. It's already done. It's not something that that becomes conditional because he created us. Okay, Mike, go ahead.
1: God has never made anything he doesn't love. He loves every rock, every tree, every plant, every animal, every human being. God has never made anything he doesn't love. So if you're alive, it means God loves you.
2: Yes, that is true. That is very true. That part we got through, but then he started
1: talking again. What I'm saying to you, this is so fundamental, is that the number one calling in your life is not to a role, it's not to a responsibility, it's not to a bunch of rules, it's not to regulations, it's not to ritual, it's not to religion, it's to a relationship. Now let that sink in a little bit. The first purpose of your life is not to serve God. Stop. The first pur- Stop. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> the first
2: purpose in your life is not. He said not, Mike. Mike. He said not. He said the first purpose Correct. in your life is not to serve God. Correct. Not. Yep, you, you heard that right. You're not going crazy, you're <laughs> deaf. That's what he said. This is unbelievable. And the problem is, Mike found this on Facebook that somebody posted, and on top of it, the person said, wow, I've been looking at it all wrong my entire life. <laughs> yeah. And that hurts me. That really bothers me that somebody is going to allow this false teaching, this blasphemous video to reshape the way they think about God. Because I am here to serve God and not in a not in a servant's manner. I am here to exhibit my love for him in such a way that everything I do is of service to him and his way. I am here to love him so that to such a degree that everything I do. Results in Serving and service To him and his way That's why we're here If anybody ever asks you why are we here That's your answer We are here and, and we all have Calls on our life We all have specific things that we are supposed to do Because God. He takes away the aspect that God knows That this is going to be a fallen world He takes away the whole idea Of God's omnipresence Omnipotence. Um, Both of them. Both of them, yeah. (laughs) He takes away that whole concept that God saw what he was creating, knew what was going to happen, gave us Jesus so that we could each carry out a role in helping to protect what was going on in this world. Because he knew people would fall away and he knew people would end up going to hell. And he gave us each an identity, individual identity and an individual role to help carry along the gospel. Each one of us that calls ourselves saved has an individual role to help carry on the gospel. My purpose in life is to serve God. We just have different methods of serving Him because He's put those different methods in our spirits. Okay, go ahead, Mike.
1: Go ahead. Purpose of your life is not to trust God. Stop. stop the first stop, purpose. Stop,
2: of- stop. 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 <sighs> I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through this video. (laughs) Okay, so, and here, this one, I'm stopping on a technicality because he is correct that the first purpose of your life is not to trust God. Keyword, first, okay? The first purpose of your life is not to trust God. But I don't even like the fact that he put it in there because somebody's going to walk off and go, I'm not even here to trust God. And they're going to eliminate the word first and they're just going to run with the fact that they're not here to trust God. The purpose of my life is not to trust God. Well, then go ahead, Mike.
1: Of your life is not to obey God, the first purpose of your life is not even to love God. Ouch. No, no. The first purpose of your life is to let God love you. Time out.
2: Time out. You knew when to stop on that. <laughs> the first purpose in your life. Is to let God love you as if you have some type of control over that aspect, as if God's love for you is conditional on something that you do. That's what he say. If you're telling me that in order for me to effectively carry out my role on Earth, I have to let God love me. That means that I have the light switch. I have the key that determines whether he loves me or whether he doesn't love me. And that tells me that there are things that I can do, say, or be that would cause him to not love me. And there are things that I can do, say, or be that would cause him to love me. And that is completely against everything the Bible has ever said, ever. Ever. It's completely against what the Bible says. I mean, totally and horrendously anti-Bible. Go ahead, let's see if we can finish this thing off. God. Yeah, yeah. and the idea that he would even end it like that that he would end the entire video saying the first purpose in your life is to let god love you now after i calmed down a little bit and i i, I let it sink into my head what he said i hope that i know where he was trying to go with this By the way, remember, this is Rick Warren. This is super millionaire Rick Warren. This is everybody listens to me, Rick Warren. This is people follow me like my name is Jesus, Rick Warren, okay? And I had had a great deal of respect. Turn that music off. I'm not stopping. (laughs) I had a great deal of respect. You turn it back on in a few minutes. (laughs) I had a great deal of respect for Rick Warren until I heard this video. And maybe because I just didn't know enough about him, I hadn't paid any attention to him. He's just not on my radar. So maybe that's why I had respect for him. But when I hear this video, I hope that the place that he was going was trying to lead people into a place of accepting that God loves you. Not letting God love you, because you have no control over whether God loves you or not. You do not dictate or allow God to love you. God's going to love you anyway, because he wants to, And he's in control of the universe, and that's what he does. And I'm hoping he was trying to lead people into a place of accepting the fact that God does love you. And so, but it's still not the number one purpose in your life. It's still not the number one reason you are on this planet, is to accept the fact that God loves you. (sighs) Say something, Mike.
0: Well, I was gonna say my biggest (laughs) problem with what he is saying is it's very focused on you. Yes, not God. It's not God focused, it's not Not focused, it's you focused. It's so about me. And that's and that's what Rick Warren does. Because even with the purpose driven life, it was to make you feel good about yourself.
2: And I think that is the biggest problem in Christianity today. Can I tell you? Well, it is in America at least. Yeah, in America. Can I tell you guys a secret? You probably don't need to feel so good about yourself. I'm going to just be honest with you. I would get rid of the word probably. You shouldn't. I know my faults. I know my sins. I know where I struggle. I know where I hurt. I don't have any business feeling so great about me because I am a wretch undone. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I once was lost and now I'm found. There is nothing special about me except the fact that god loves me other than that i am just another worm on this planet trying to put food in my mouth and satisfy my base pleasures i'm trying to satisfy my my demonic urges on this planet just like everybody else and without that struggle there's nothing that makes me any better than there's There's no reason for you to feel so great about yourself. Now, I say that with the sidebar that says you have to know who you are and develop into a place where you can feel good about who God has helped you to become. But understand, you didn't do any of this on your own. Just like Obama used to say, you didn't build that. (laughs) You didn't build that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had to throw in
0: Obama. All right. all right. I have a verse. I think Paul actually put it well, what you're trying to say. Um, this is from Philippians chapter three. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss Yes. for the sake of Christ. Yes. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God, the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead.
2: Pastor Mike, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> it's like, he, it's, it's it's like it's true he ignored though. that
2: whole verse. He ignored it completely because the whole concept is these things that I take pleasure in, I count it as garbage, it's crap. It means nothing if I don't have Christ. It means nothing if I can't find myself in him. It means nothing if I can't delight myself in the Lord in all his ways, it means nothing. I don't care how many books you've sold, I don't care how many people you fed, if you can't find yourself in Christ, and if Christ can't find you in him, it doesn't mean anything, it doesn't mean anything. and, And people keep, see, one of the problems is that, one of the problems is people keep taking too much of themselves to heart, and not releasing, we're paying attention to all the good things that we think we do, and not paying any attention to who we really are. And, and throughout all of this, nobody's talked about taking up your cross or denying your flesh or being delivered from your sin. Nobody's talking about the idea that love is not all there is there. There's a lot more to Christianity than loving each other. We're trying to get into this place where we think loving each other is all we have to do. And we have to do more than love one another. We have to do more than love one another. Moment of clarity. Stephon G got to take a break. We'll
1: be back in a second. Lord, I just wanna live like you. 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 Then are ready for this
2: one.
1: to bible the the to the to the to the
2: instrument Stephon G, And we're talking about I don't even know, I don't even know how to s- summarize the topic. We're talking about Crap. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about blasphemers and and garbage teachers and false prophets. Well, we're not really talking about false prophets, but kinda. But anyway, moment of clarity brought to you by sitegeeks Psych SiteGeeks.com, S-I-T-E-G-E-E-K-Z. Get to SiteGeeks and get your 77 point 77 point inspection on your website that helps you to establish your brand. Grow conversions, boost engagement, and produce leads. That's sitegeeks.com. Get your video website review today, sitegeeks.com, because nothing is more important than your site. It's S-I-T-E-G-E-E-K-Z.com. So I want to talk a little bit about love because I think we are becoming a nation that first, let me say, we interpret what love is incorrectly. And then secondly, we believe that is the only thing we have to do as a Christian. And so, and this is still based on these, this whole idea that all you have to do is let God love you. This is just ridiculous. But we're having too many people teaching and preaching and and blogging and posting and Snapchatting and Periscoping and tweeting and Instagramming.
0: I like that you added Periscope. You're you're up to date on things. That's oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Periscope We're up to date here.
2: Periscope's yeah, it's it. That is it. <laughs> um, we've got too many people doing teaching that all you have to do is love. Just like the old song back in the day. All you have to do I is love. I thought the
0: same thing.
2: I was thinking the old
0: song when you said that.
2: All we need is love. And that's just not true
0: all you need is love it's
2: like have you ever met a parent with a child that all they did was love their child yeah is that the most irritating annoying obnoxious child you've ever met in your life yeah that's what we're becoming as a country because we feel like all we need is love yeah i'm just it's absolutely true we feel like all we need is love and we're not even loving correctly Because with love comes structure, with love comes discipline, with love comes consistency, with love comes correction, with love comes wisdom, with love comes all of these different aspects that we completely ignore because we've redefined love in America to be acceptance. We've redefined what love is it's not to actually love somebody anymore. It's to accept them just the way they are. If you love them, you will accept them exactly how they are, regardless of what they're doing to their life and the life of those around them. If you love them, you will accept them. And let me tell you, BS. I almost said the word. I came this close. That is straight BS. I'm trying to clean up my act, man. Good.
0: Good. I mean, you're talking about the Bible and stuff. Probably good. (laughs) Yeah. The Bible does say don't use
2: coarse language. True. So we're And we've allowed people to we as Christians have allowed people to redefine love. Why have we allowed it? Because it feels good to us. It takes the pressure off of us when love is about accepting me the way I am. Now I don't have to worry about my faults and my flaws anymore. Now I can be one of those women on Facebook that says, if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. That's a load of horse caca. You How about said it again. I know. <laughs> How about you get control over your worst and I don't have to deal with it? How about that? Instead, of if I can't handle you at your worst, then I, can't deserve, I don't deserve you at your best. What if all I ever see is your worst? When are we going to get to the best? So it's self-centered. Absolutely. Just like what Rick
0: Warren was saying. It's self-centered. Exactly. self-centered.
2: It's all about me. Me, 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 me. And so we've allowed people to, we as Christians have allowed our society and helped our society and encouraged our society to redefine what love is and calling love acceptance. And love is not acceptance. Love is not just taking people the way they are. I'm sorry. It's not. It's just not. If I have a friend who's a thief and he's always stealing from people, if I love him, I will tell him to stop being a thief. Why? Because being a thief could lead into something very bad for him, like jail and prison and guys trying to get up his butt. And he doesn't want that. And so if I love him, I'll tell him, stop being a thief. It's not good for you. It's not good for those around you. You're putting yourself in jeopardy. You're putting your children's lives, your wife's life at jeopardy. You're hurting the people that you're stealing from because you don't know what their life situation is and what they need in their lives. Don't do it. It's wrong. Come with me. Let me show you a better way. That's what love is. Love is not do what works for you. No, Here's another one I like. Nobody can teach you how to raise your child. Why not? (laughs) People have been teaching people how to raise their children Forever. Yeah, I was about to
0: say um, (laughs) some people need
2: to be taught, (laughs) but but it's a new thing going around. Nobody can teach you how to raise your child because and what they're doing is they're taking the concept that everybody has an individual personality and therefore everybody must have this customized teaching program that fits them perfectly so that they won't feel any type of judgment and or remorse of the way that they're raising their child. And that's just wrong. Like I tell friends and people, if you know me, if you're a friend of mine, my friends don't really like me that much. They kind of, they kind of endure me sometimes. (laughs) This is true. But I tell my friends all the time, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you're not wrong. I tell because I tell my friends they're wrong all the time. They're like, you can't be right all the time, Stefan. I'm like, somebody can, and I'm gonna be the one to get there. Dang it! (laughs) But anyway, good luck with that. Thanks. We are redefining love. We've allowed love to already be redefined. Love is not about doing nothing. Love is not about seeing people in difficult situations and saying, do what's best for your life. If you see a teenage mother out in the club all the time and selling her body and out sleeping around with a bunch of dudes and doing drugs all the time, you don't get to just say that's what's best for them. That's what works for their lifestyle. I'm not. No, that's not love. You are not loving that person by doing that. If you want to love someone, you are going to help them. You are going to correct them. You are going to give them knowledge. You are going to give them wisdom. You are going to give them opportunity. You are going to give them structure. You are going to give them discipline. That's what love is. And we have become so self-centered that we believe love is about us. Love is not about us. Let me put that right in the rock. Love is not about you. If you get married and you've, ever had 10 seconds with your wife or husband, you should know love is not about you. And if you're married and you think love is about you, you're going to be divorced. I promise you, you're going to get divorced if you don't stop thinking that way. It is the reason that 50% of all marriages end in divorce because everybody goes into a marriage trying to figure out what they can get out of it. Instead of trying to figure out what they can put into it. Love is not about you. Love is about the other person person and not just about letting them be happy love has nothing to do with happiness trust me when i tell you that puppy love that we just met first time love that's real happy but real love doesn't have anything to do with happiness real love doesn't have anything to do with happiness
0: now happiness can be an effect of it
2: right happiness can be a result most likely a long-term result (laughs) of real love Joy can be a result of real love. But that's not what it's about. And we've taken it and made it as if love is about being happy. And it's not. Love is not about being happy. Love is not about you. Love is not about your life. Love is not about how great you can make your life, how much you've done for your life, how wonderful you've elevated your life. Love has nothing to do with any of that. Love is always, always has been. And always will be about the other person, whoever that other person happens to be.
0: So, I was hoping, I don't want to interject too much, but I wanted to say this. I had something, I was going off of what you said about people don't want instruction. Yes. They they don't want to, they're self centered. They don't want someone to tell them. Uh, They're just always right. Me, 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 me. I have a friend of mine, and I won't say his or her name. But I had said, you should come to church with me sometime, you know, one of my churches or whatever. And if you don't want to go, it's fine. We have our own problem with our churches. How many churches do you have? I know. I I go to like way too many here. (laughs) But uh, I've been going to another one that I I like, at least so far. And this is what this person said: doesn't like church. This is why. So I've been going off my opinion that I know what's right and wrong. And I do good things and help people as much as I can, and that's good. I don't need to go somewhere to tell me that. Wow. <sighs> and I'm not I, I, singly. I don't mean to single out this person. Oh, not listening, anyways. Yeah. But that I get that a lot. Not yeah. just from that person, but I get that a lot. That it's, just well, in, I in know general. what's best.
2: Yeah. No, you don't. Let me listen. If you're listening to this radio show right now, let me tell you, you don't know what's best and you don't know right from wrong. Because if you did, our country, our nation, our continent, our world would not be in the situation that it is right now. We would not be in the state that we are in right now if you knew right from wrong. You don't know right from wrong. You had to be taught right from wrong as a child. And then when you grew up to be a 20 year old, you rebelled against what you were taught because you didn't like it. And then when you grew up to be an adult, you said, well, I'm an adult now and I can do whatever the hell I want to do. I can make it my way if I want to. So you don't know right, right from wrong. Inherently, internally, you might know right from wrong, but you're certainly not practicing it. You're just not. And so I'm tired of people acting like, listen, one of the reasons that I am the kind of Christian I am, which if you've listened to these shows, you know, I'm not your everyday kind of Christian. But one of the reasons I'm the kind of Christian I am is because I understand what it takes to be a Christian. And damn it, it's a lot. <laughs> it's not just love everybody and do a good deed and you're fine. No, that's not real life. You're living in a fantasy land. You're not. No, you're not a Christian. If that's what you're doing, you're not a Christian. I'm sorry. You're not. It's just you're just not. Being a Christian takes a lot. It takes a lot. It is the reason the road to heaven is narrow because it takes a lot to be a Christian. And it's one of the reasons that I personally fight against those things on a regular basis and struggle with those things on a regular basis and heard about those things on a regular basis and fight about those things on a regular basis and argue with God about those things on a regular basis because I know it takes a lot of effort, energy, turmoil, trauma, trial, error, etc. in order to be a Christian to take up thy cross to deny the flesh that's that's only one piece and it's so huge <laughs> denying your flesh is only one piece and it is so huge that means not being vain that means killing all this makeup that means not eating so damn much that means not being sexually perverted that means stop jerking off all the time that means stop it means stop watching porno stop getting excited cuz you see boobs outside stop i mean all of that is incorporated in one little thing of deny your flesh. But we're not doing any of that. Be delivered from your sin. When was the last time you were delivered from your sin? I wrote a whole book about it. Go get it. It's called Everyone Falls. Go to EveryoneFalls.com. You can get the $5 ebook. EveryoneFalls.com. I wrote a whole book about it. Being delivered from your sin. Sin besets us at every angle. You are not free from sin, my friend. You are not. You might think you are because you don't do the sins that you used to do. You might think you're free from sin because you don't curse people out like you used to, but you still think it in your head. You still curse them out in your mind. You still curse them out in your car when you're by yourself and they can't hear you and you're driving down the street and they happen to cut in front of you. We ain't going to talk about that. Deliver yourself from your sin. This is real-life Christianity, not this pity-patty crap that Rick Warren's talking about all you got to do is let God love you. Are you kidding me? All I have to do, oh, well, then I'm good. That's easy because he's going to love me anyway. So I can go out here and pee on babies, you know? Ew. <laughs> exactly. I can go out here and kick puppies because all I have to do, that's my number one purpose, is to let God love me. I'm good.
0: You know, you could argue that the more you sin, the more you're
2: letting God love you. Exactly. You really could. You really could. That oh, I'm sinning, but I'm letting God love me. I'm letting him God love, love me.
0: me even more, more and more
2: because He wants me in even more and more.
0: I think Paul addressed that in a Corinthians or something where he said, you know, should I sin more to let grace increase?
2: Exactly. Come on, now this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous stop we and I always say I always try to say we because believe me listen ladies and gentlemen, I'm the worst Christian you've ever met. Okay, I'm probably the worst Christian you've ever met, but I love Christ to such a huge degree and I'm working on it on such a great deal and I'm trying And I'm letting him help me. But I'm also trying to be outrageously transparent to you all so you can see what a real Christian looks like. A real Christian has problems. A real Christian has struggles. A real Christian has problems, not cursing. A real Christian doesn't walk up when somebody says, how are you? Their answer is blessed and highly favored. No, that's BS. That's not real. You're fake. That's not how you are. You had a crappy day yesterday. You almost cussed out your boss. You almost, you yelled at your kids. You didn't give your husband any sex. That's not how you are. You're not blessed and highly favored. Be honest with yourselves about your Christianity. And only in that place, only in the place of honesty about who you really are as a Christian, only in that place can God start to come to save you.